Hey guys, how was your Comic Con? Ours was <laughs> insane. Oh my god, we had some fun. We had some fun. It's funny though because I don't know if we had some fun. I'm just saying that because we're recording <laughs> this before we actually go to Comic Con, but we need an episode in the can in case the Comic Con content is too much to edit in like three days. So um. Yeah, let's just pretend we had a great time. Oh, it was so good seeing you all there. You guys were so great. Thanks for coming up and talking to us. Celebrities were in the house. All those hot celebrities, big time. They're on strike from acting, but they had the time to come to our panels. That was crazy. You know, that was wild to see them there, right? Right, Remy? Yeah, and we saw, we talked to a lot of cool people and we bought a lot of merchandise. I'm sure that's actually going to be true. Yeah, that, um, that's that's a given, I think. Um, I spent way too much money. My, my wife is mad at me now. <laughs> we annoyed plenty of people with our jokes that we thought were funny. Oh, the the Tower of Power was so fucking rad. Running Remember around? the Comic-Con when someone farted in our face as they walked by when we were and, sitting on the floor of the hallway? And you could hear it on the microphone. It was like, yeah. a, like I could just, I could just rip in our faces. We're sitting on the floor, minding our own business. He could have swerved wide, but he swerved in. He literally crop dusted us so loud that our microphones were like... I got we that. were re- yeah we were recording and you could hear it on the mic <laughs> oh my god who does that who does that Dude, he wasn't even guy. dressed up like a farting character <laughs> 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 anyway i'm sure it's gonna be great you know wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't this is like all a lie you're like <laughs> one of us comes back horribly disfigured <laughs> disfigured <laughs> san diego san, san diego comic-con has been canceled for the foreseeable future thanks to the Launchpad podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything they did was awful. By uh, 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 Witnesses say they tr- uh, the two handsome boys attempted a secret handshake that got way out of hand. <laughs> the damage to the roof of the San Diego Convention Center will take years to repair. <laughs> ah, well speaking of disasters uh follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter and threads at launchpad pod on our website launchpadpod.com check us out on youtube where we are handsome there um uh, the speaking of disasters wasn't supposed to lead into um our socials it was supposed to lead into our topic speaking that's of what disasters, i thought you were going with it we're talking about a movie that uh, to make it was a disaster. We're going to talk to if the end product was a, as big a disaster as it was to make this damn thing. Um, but let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt. Wait, you sound sexy today. What's going on? You sick? I'm bringing sexy back. I don't know if I'm... I've been sick for months. Yeah, man. And I feel feel okay, but I got this raspy ass voice, so... (sighs) Yeah. Gotta quit quit smoking, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Quit smoking. Um, Yeah, so today we're talking about a disaster of a film to make um, and a disaster of a third film in in a respected franchise. But comparatively to the films that came uh, after it, not so bad. Uh, we're talking Alien 3. 
And we've talked about this more than once before, but today yeah. we're going to really talk just about that movie mainly. Yeah. And there's two different versions of it. Um, at least two different versions. It's so I remember seeing it as a kid and I wanted my alien or aliens movies to be like aliens. As a kid, I liked Alien, but I saw that after Aliens, and I thought it was like a budget version because it didn't have as much guns and it didn't have as much aliens. It's a uh, that was on purpose. I found out later, like they didn't ac- accidentally make that movie more thrilling and suspenseful and less action. But I wanted a shootout. So when we went into Alien Three, I remember seeing it with my dad in the theaters. I thought, well, here we go, and it's it's like the Chucky Three of Alien movies. We're like wait, why are they in a prison colony and no one has hair? Like, I get it in the in the context of the film, but it just is so nuanced in some of the setup of it. And then you watch it, and David Fincher is phenomenal. He knows how to work a camera. He knows how to set up ambience. But what else is in that movie? There's a couple things I like, but there's a lot of stuff that at this point, it's not even dislike. I'm just scratching my head about the choice that was made to put that on film and let me see it the way it's presented. Well, 100%. The script is a mess because while they were making this movie, they hadn't finished said script. And in fact, by the time they started making this movie, they had spent $13 million paying 10 to 13 different writers to write scripts for this movie. This movie... It feels like that. It feels like that. Now, here's the thing. It's very interesting. So, so... The first script, they didn't know if they were getting Sigourney Weaver. So right off the bat, versions of these scripts are like, is Ripley in this? We don't know. So we got Hicks and we got Newt and we got Bishop running around a space station fighting Waylon Waylon Yutani. Um, And and, and in the first version of the script, and and Waylon Yutani is doing some genetic research and there's an alien-human hybrid. Whoa, what movie is that? That sounds like Alien Resurrection, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, they scrap that shit and they're like, okay, we're going to, well, first they were going to be like, okay, we're going to do three and four back to back to back. And three will, uh, Ripley's going to be in a coma and four she'll come back and battle them all. But then they like wasted time and it sucked. And so they got rid of that. And then there's like a version of the script. It, then they start getting weirder, weirder and weirder and weirder. And by the time you get to a John Fasano version of this script, they're in a space station made out of wood and it's filled with monks. And the monks are like, we don't want anybody here. We reject technology, even though we're in a giant wooden flying space station tree. And, um, you know, Ripley's there. And, and there's one where they're on a on like a, a floating, like rural town. So like they land and leave it to Beaverville um, or like, you, you know, an Andy Griffith little town farming community that's under a glass dome on a space station. That was one of the versions. And you're like, wait, what? And then finally, again, they came back to Waylon Yutani um, secret experiments on a prison space station. And I was like, again, you, you keep coming back to Alien Resurrection. Right. W- what we finally got was prison station still had the sort of religious aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And then like this deep hit of nihilism that yeah. you're like, holy fuck, Alien is dark, but it ends with a win. Aliens is pretty light. Aliens is a fun ride, man. This is fun. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Aliens reminds me of when you go to, or when you would go to like a bitchin' arcade, like a Chuck E. Cheese's, and there's one of those like Jurassic Park rides there with the two seats and the guns, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> and you're shooting the gun, and it's like rumbling all around. You're like, this is, this is fun. I've wasted way too much. This is a good time. Like, Aliens is just a good time, and it ends on a huge win. She whoops that. Queen Aliens, ass. Awesome. She flies away with her kid, a 
I wouldn't say love interest, but a guy who's handsome and pretty cool. And, you know, they might they might hook up in a, in a movie or two. So, like, where? Hey, guys, where do you want to land this plane? You know, you want to take the aliens to Earth? You want to do something cool? What do you want to do? You keep saying that if the aliens get to Earth, it's going to be bad. So, like, that's a, no. Let's wake up in the worst pit of despair. Let's wake up on a hell prison planet where there is no winning and kill the hero. <laughs> wow. Who slapped your mom and pissed in your Cheerios? This, who, you guys are obviously the people who wrote the final version of this were just so pissed off at everything happening. It's like, <laughs> fuck all this. You're all prison. We're all prisoners. We're all just chained to our mind. And it's like watching it now, though, you're like, this is the most realistic version of aliens we've ever had. Because at the end of the day, the corporations will fuck you. You are all prisoners, slaves to your, your station. And the only solace you have is choosing how you get to go out. That's the message of this movie. And honestly, probably the most realistic message that you can have. That's the truth. So it just, it wasn't as a kid watching it, it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't what dark you wanted shit. it to be. Like, but like, and like you said, Alien, the first one was dark, but it was, you know, the movie, it was a movie. It was things happening and there were tasks. You had to try to get this without getting this and you had to hide, you had to run. Okay. This one I've grown to love over the years because it's a, it, Parts of it are a well-made movie, I guess I would say. The other day I was in an alien mood because I'm usually in aliens, alien aliens moods over the summer. So I put it on and I'm watching it and I watched the theatrical version first. I watched the yeah. 2003, I believe, extended edition the next day. But the first one, the first like half hour, there are a lot of dialogue scenes that are not showing the person talking. Which feels weird. And if you're in production or know about movies, you usually take that as a sign that this was put together either hastily or not the way somebody wanted, or they had to fix things with voiceovers or additional dialogue after the fact. ADR, baby. But there's also a couple cuts and a, a couple that I noticed it where someone would start talking and you'd hear it before you saw it. And it would cut to them on the second word or something. So you miss the beginning of them talking. And it kind of felt like when you were fucking around with your mom's video camera and you didn't know to give yourself headspace. You know what I mean? You didn't like you didn't know to leave a couple seconds of recording at the beginning before you started the action. So when you looked at it, you were already doing something. You missed the first second. But it feels weird, especially in a Hollywood produced movie where these actors are having dialogue. So you hear someone, you see the reaction of someone listening and you hear a dialogue start, then it cuts to their face. Like uh, one, one or two words in, it's weird. Super so I weird. was like, that's, it's jarring. It feels awkward. The whole it also thing, has a lot of like filibuster that's yeah. not really explaining much. Well, oh, the whole thing was made in post. Like what they filmed was For not sure. what you saw. And what was written was not what they filmed. And it, and, and it, spent, it took them years to edit this thing in post and they had to do reshoots. They almost didn't even want the scene where she's like pressed up against the, the infirmary wall and the alien comes and like puts his head next to hers, mm. which is like the poster. It's the most like right. shot from this movie. And the producers are like, nah, we don't want this. This is a huge example of a movie that was overproduced by producers who thought they knew how to make this good and had no clue, mm. no fucking business being with their fingers that deep in this Vaseline. And, you know, David Fincher had a lot of ideas. He, it's his first feature, came from music videos, and they thought they had a good little yes monkey. They did not. 
<laughs> and I agree. The first part of this movie is so bizarre because it's like she comes to this prison planet. It's like uh, Bruce Wayne waking up in the in the Bane pit of despair and in, in dark, dark, dark night finalized or whatever. Rises. finalizes dark night finalizes you know the one the one that also didn't work um and and we have this huge extended scene where they perform an autopsy on a child a child that we saw in the last a 10 year old child 12 year old depending on what movie version of the movie you watch a a 10 year old child who like you're like man we liked her the whole point of the last movie was like sweet she's got this kid now it makes up it's it's a it's a redeeming story of her you know, she didn't get to know her daughter, and her daughter is, has lived past her at this point. Ripley has has been stuck in cryo-freeze, floating alone in space for so long, she missed her daughter's entire life. And now she gets another chance to save this little girl, and they're like, yeah, fuck that, kill that kid. And now let's cut her up in this really extended, gross autopsy scene uh, with that guy from Game of Thrones to see, you know, if she has an alien inside of her. And you're like, this isn't necessary. Like, it's just punishing to the audience, almost. I agree. But to me, it goes even there's a bigger mistake there in that none of this makes sense. So if you're watching the theatrical version through the credit sequence at the beginning, you see a face hugger on board the escape shuttle that they left the Sulaco in Aliens. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hicks, Newt, Bishop and Ripley are all in stasis tubes and a face hugger goes onto Newt's tube. The tube cracks. All these alarms happen. A fire breaks out. Uh, That ship releases another little ship that goes down to this place, Fury 161, which is the prison planet. Ripley wakes up, wants to know what happened. They say, all those people died. She say, how? They say, drowning. They said, no. She goes, no, I need to see this. So she investigates the ship. She sees a burn mark on the floor, um, indicative of alien blood. And she wants to do an autopsy. And we know that she is worried about whether there was an alien inside somebody. Okay, that's fine. Why isn't she telling that to anybody? She keeps lying about it. She keeps saying, I'm worried about um, cholera. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about it. In the first movie, all you have to go back to is the first reason she didn't want to let them back on board. Parasite. Right. She's like, parasitic infestation. You don't want none of this. And why would she not? There's no reason to say that, or sorry, to keep that from them there's no reason because what's the worst that happens they don't believe her if you don't tell them they're not doing anything about it anyway but again you don't have to be like look it's so unbelievable you're gonna think i'm crazy you can literally just be like it's a parasitic infestation never before seen before it is bad news and it has killed everyone i have ever come in contact with who has seen it you need to check for this and if you don't you could all die within the week so instead of doing that for an act and a half she tap dances around it including with this Game of Thrones doctor guy who's trying to help her. And he does the autopsy. He sticks up for her when the prison warden is pissed about the autopsy, even though he doesn't know why. And she's still jerking him around. Meanwhile, yes, she is. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, a dog that is there for some reason, I'm assuming for a dog crime. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is a Rottweiler. It probably he he goes probably ate some babies. (laughs) He goes into the shuttle. And another, presumably another, but a face hugger attacks the dog. So now that what we know about and the rest of the movie doesn't know about. But if you watch the um, the assembly cut. So let, can we explain about the assembly cut real quick? What's going on here? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, so 
Yeah. When, when they when they released the Blu-ray edition, the guy, a producer who did a lot of like documentarian work on the production of Aliens and made a lot of behind the scenes features for the quadrology that whatever the latest big Blu-ray box set that came out, he got the go ahead from Fincher and the studios to do the assembly cut which is the closest thing to a director's cut, but he's not allowed to call it because Fincher's like, no, I hate that movie. There's no way you're going to make it good, but you can do what you want. But he, So he signed off on the concept, and this guy put together what is by some considered a better version of the movie. It's about a full 35 minutes longer than the theatrical cut and is incredibly different in the long run in various ways. And one of the big differences is there's no dog. There, I mean, there's a dog, but the, the dog is not the alien host. In the, in the extended cut, it is uh, an ox that we see. They have these oxen on this planet to do labor for them, and the ox is the one that gets the alien impregnation, um, but it also gets impregnated by a royal face hugger, which we briefly see, which is like, whoa, canon-changing event for no reason. Well, I think <clears throat> the biggest difference for me is that the the opening of the movie um, changes Ripley's motivations and fears in that we in the theatrical we see the face hugger jump on newt's tube mm -hmm. and crack it we see right. it crack right we don't see that in the assembly cut in the assembly cut we see a face hugger we hear alarms and the ship crashes so we don't know what happened ripley suspects that the you ripley suspects then in both cuts she later talks to bishop and bishop agree uh, or confirms that there was an alien on board right ripley's worried that it's on newt the main difference here is the theatrical, show, the theatrical cut shows us so much that doesn't really make sense that when Ripley finds out she has an alien inside her, it doesn't, it's not really a big reveal and it's not really impactful. Whereas I think the assembly cut, while not giant impact, it hides the fact that she might have an alien in her better and it, or it hides the fact better that she might have an alien in her. And when it's revealed, it's a little bit more of a reveal. As opposed to like, well, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that is one of those ones that you're like, hmm, that doesn't seem to, I don't know. It just doesn't land, especially when everything else, like to me, man, waking up on a prison planet, that's probably the worst your day is going to get. And the movie's like, oh, yeah, you also have a queen alien in your stomach. And at that point, I'm just, she's just like, yeah, well, okay, just pile it on, guys. And it's just like, man, your day can't get any worse. Oh, well, it can, but I guess that's not the worst thing that happened to you this week. Like, Come on, like right, like, like, like holy shit! It doesn't. It just doesn't land. It. It's a very weird movie in that sense, and and I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I think it's a really big bummer that you lost Hick, Hicks, Newt, and Bishop as characters in the film immediately, because, like off screen, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, and it, um, those were good characters, and I was excited to see where that went. Like that had that had legs. This movie literally swipes the legs out from under you. It has balls for doing that, but also like sometimes I don't need my movie to have balls like the um i don't know i'm not even going to remember the name of this stupid movie uh the second of the skywalker saga ray star wars you know um the the the, the, the empire rays back yeah um force awakens um last skywalker is the last one rise of the jedi the last, last rise jedi. of skywalker is the last one the last jedi is the middle one i think okay the last jedi I mean, that was another one that's like, I'm going to swipe the legs out from under this franchise and I'm going to I'm going to take it in a, in a pretty bold direction that I think it needs to go. Man, you're you're the you're the final of three films, Alien 3 Jedi movie. You're the second right. movie in a new trilogy. You don't you don't need to be the person who's daring and brave. Just just make the fucking movie <laughs> like and 
you know, that's Fincher's problem. That's producer's problem. Like this should be the end of a franchise that has so far had a pacing that goes like scary, tense, whoa, action packed and awesome. I don't mind that you brought it back to scary and tense, but like at least have it follow the arc of your character. Why, why take it to this dark fucking place? But that's why I yeah. think they had always planned to have a fourth movie. And then we're just like, uh, cause like then if this is how it ends, and you don't know that Alien Resurrections exists. It's like, what a shitty way to end a franchise with a Yeah, yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Well, the two things you said there I want to touch on is first about the characters. We did lose a bunch, but I do feel like Ripley does a good... Like, Sigourney Weaver, as Ripley, does a good job in this. Oh, and I think the, the, the character's arc, I guess, and the character's actions between Aliens and Alien Resurrection, this works. I can see Ripley from Aliens turning into Ripley from Resurrection via this movie. I like that she's not intimidated by all these guys. I like that, like she, Charles Dutton is like, I'm a rapist and I'm a, I'm a killer and rapist of women. And she sits down in front of him and is like, then I must make you uncomfortable. Yeah, that's pretty fucking baller. Like I, I like that she's just like, I'm here and I'm, I'm gonna do what I'm thinking I need to do. Yeah. And that's that's like the epitome of Ripley, right? At this point, yeah. Again, what's the worst thing can happen? An alien pops out of my chest. Oh, wait, that's in the third act. But like, yeah, she's like, you you could murder me and it can't get worse than this. Like my whole life has has been running from this thing, fighting this thing, being stuck in cryo freeze. Like I've already been through hell. Like this is just another splat on the mat. It's so weird. It's such a weird movie. And the more like so, so there, there's some other issues. So you got this new um you know the dog alien, the 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 new the new alien Bambi, they call it. Mm-hmm. Outside of production, the the model is called Bambi, and um, it's a new team of people doing it. Um, ADI uh, is doing it, and I I don't mind the design. I think it's fine. You know, it's an alien. Um, I don't know why every movie needs to make a new design for the alien. Just like the first one was great. Why? Oh well, <laughs> the second one we have these warrior ones. Okay, that's okay, cool. But like, why? <laughs> Um, so this one has another one. I I love the idea that it's a new host, so it has a new look. But like you know, when we had the toys, those made sense. The gorilla, the gorilla alien has big arms and like weird, you know, you know has has features. The snake alien uh, has has like you know looks like a snake, has a snake body. Like the toys did a better job of making like the design of the alien work to its um, ecology, whereas this movie was just like. Uh, we got this cool looking alien. I was like, okay, fine. But the alien usually is shown on like some really early chroma screen techniques. There is no CGI in the movie except for when the alien's head cracks. And everybody's like, oh, terrible CGI. There isn't any. It's it's green screen. It's compositing. And it's a rod puppet. And they remove the people with the rods. But it's early technology. And it's not yeah. that good. The alien running around. Nothing against the design of the model. Nothing against the puppet or the puppeteering. It's the compositing the and the visual effects side of it is pretty pretty bad and it that to me right. is the thing that like always takes me and out it's of a it. lot it's not like two scenes or one featured sequence every it's time in there a him, lot yeah. it's in there way more than the costume like the alien costume or the alien um life size puppet yeah um, and you're right I think maybe in what year was this ninety three oh yeah maybe whatever whatever year this was it no it was later than ninety three whatever year it was though. Maybe we thought it was cooler then, but ninety-two. Okay, so it's close. It was not. It, it was not there yet, and they shouldn't have done so much of it. And it does. Mm-hmm. It, you know, sometimes you could watch things and you could forgive 
that it was from a different time and you're watching it with 15, 20, 30 years of experience and technology behind your viewing, but you really can't forgive that. And again, it's not like it's anybody's fault. It's just an older movie, but it relied too much on one trick that wasn't really done well. Well, and I, I feel like it's 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 one of two things. It's producers, again, being like, whoa, new technology. Let's use that. It's got to be better, right? And you're like, no, you've already done two entire movies almost completely practically, and they are fucking right. awesome. And they're and great. The, Aliens is a pinnacle, one of the highest watermarks ever hit for visual effects mm. of practical merged with not necessarily digital, but optical effects and composite. Sure. It is the pinnacle, one of the highest watermarks you have could ever achieve. And it and it's a bummer that this one is, you know, falls so so low to the floor after that. But I also think it's cheaping out. They're like, oh wait, we can just do this on green screen and not have to not have to spend a lot of money on have a puppet there on the day. Yeah. Oh, I can have like I don't need to pay for all this optical printer stuff. I can just have a dude in a computer do it. Done. And it's like, oof. Oof, that hurts. It hurts. It hurts to see because it is such a good franchise and the special effects in that franchise are so good. And this one, you know, you have this really cool sequence where they're trying to trap it in the lead mold mm-hmm. and like it's a long ass sequence, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> but you keep seeing the alien running around and it just. I don't and know, now that's the other thing. And you'd mentioned this before about suspense. Alien one is like one of the best examples of a suspenseful movie where like you really get goosebumps and your your spine is tingled because you know shit is going down. You know this creature is somewhere around, but nobody knows where it is. Then Aliens changes it to action. And there are yeah. there are some parts where something sneaks up on somebody, but that's not its goal. That's not its, its aim. This one is more like the first one, but there's not too many tense moments. The chase that you're talking about where they're trying to lure it through this maze of corridors is probably the best example. But the filmmaking is such that you kind of don't know what's going on. You're not really sure what the end result is. You're not really sure the geography of the location. The plan isn't even working for them, let alone do you understand what the fuck is happening. Right. And the alien just keeps popping up and killing people after chasing them. So there's no room for actual suspense or tension. There's only a couple quick little spots where you think a character is safe and then they're not. But it is not the 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 tense, thrilling moments that we have come to expect from this franchise. And when you, again, this all comes down to this, the entire set, it's one of the largest sets ever built at the time. Did you know that? I believe it. Especially at Pinewood Studios. It's a massive set. It all looks the same. Every corner and corridor looks exactly the same. The entire movie is bathed in orange. The color correction of this movie is orange, like just orange (laughs) filter. Done. Um, So, person running around corridor a literally they're like we're in corridor A, we're running ah, aliens chasing us and then they're like hey i'm in corridor b is the alien over here and you're like you look like it could be any like there is no difference between where they are and what they're doing and the only reason you understand what's going on is because just before this happens they hold up a map and you see this like spaghetti work of tunnels and you're like okay they're going to be running through these tunnels being chased by a thing and it just like you said see a guy running through nondescript tunnel alien chases them in a close-up through nondescript tunnel blood sprays on the wall they close some doors everybody's screaming like i like that sequence i actually do think it's a cool idea um but it again if you're, if you're looking to a movie that does something like this well it's like jurassic park in the kitchen sequence. we're sure. trying we're trying to trap something somewhere and do this 
But here's the biggest problem is earlier in the movie, they, they set up this plan where they're going to try and trap him in a room full of some toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And um, why don't you hide in the room with the toxic waste? If it's impenetrable. <laughs> and it, you know, like if it's impenetrable and, and this thing is so dangerous and you're trying to lure it into there, why don't you go, all go in there and just hide and wait it out? Maybe like, it's only, only a doorknob on one side. Right. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of going, let's hunt the shark. Why don't you go for the the USS Indianapolis approach where you all get in a circle and just huddle in the safest place you know how. And if you see it, the people in front fight it out. And then you just rotate to the people in the middle and the people in the middle sleep. <laughs> like, that's, that is terrifying. But that to me is a better plan than chasing it through the halls one by one. So, and, and again, this is for me what the, like that sequence, the chasing in the halls, it, the idea is cool. And I understand it's like when you watch a movie about cloning or something and the characters explain it and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm going to allow that you clone that. And cloning is a thing, because if I allow that, I I get I can be there with you. And for the rest of this scene for this, I don't understand what the fucking plan was. As I understand it, there's a hallway and at one end of the hallway, there's a movable wall that they call a piston. Then in that hallway, there are doors that lead to these spaghetti tunnels that go all over the place. And they're trying to slowly close off tunnels so that at some point the alien steps in front of this piston that will then push it into the mold where they're going to drop lead on it. But where and how they close the doors looks like they're closing off ways for the alien to get in front of the piston. So I don't really understand what it means. And they've literally closed doors as the piston passes by the doors. I don't understand that because if the piston's already passed by the door, isn't the door then inoperable? Why why would you care what was going on over there? Anyway, it's not it's not explained. So I have to just be like, okay, I understand that you have complicated hallway door closing plans. And I'll just but like that doesn't let me enjoy the scene. That just lets me allow the scene. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I do like, I think this is the first time we see alien POV and we see the alien running on or the POV of the alien running on the walls, running on the ceiling. And sometimes as it's on the ceiling, a door will start to close from ceiling to floor and the alien runs over the door. So there's like a bump, mo- a bump motion in the camera. I like that. I thought that was really cool and really effective. But like I said, it gets lost in this scene. That doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and, and Another thing that bothered that that I had trouble well not that I had trouble with but this is the second plan that they've had to trap the alien. The first one was the one you just said where they're trying to trap it in a impenetrable room. Yeah. And they said they're going to try to trap it with like a chain of fire, a chain of explosives to push it back. And the alien kills a guy which inadvertently sets off explosives. It sets off explosives everywhere. It's a lot of chaos. It's a, it's like you said, it's very long. This sequence of the fire exploding and killing people is very long. But okay, in the theatrical version, that happens and they hit the sprinklers. And when they hit the sprinklers, there's a metal bucket that once the water hits it, the metal bucket essentially pops, pops implodes. Yeah. It, I guess it is foreshadowing of how they kill the alien at the end, but it is so subtle and small. And again, with that weird shot of not really showing it it like it cuts to that as it explodes. So it's really weird, but like, that's a significant thing. If you're trying to do foreshadowing and you just rush through it in the theatrical version, they kind of lick their wounds and then go about making a new plan. 
Yeah. And which one did you watch? Did you watch the theatrical or did you watch the new one? So I watched the theatrical and then I read a, a very detailed like scene by scene breakdown of okay. the assembly cut. So, so I, the I assembly cut after all this shit happens, everybody's running and there's still a ton of fire and the rape goggles guy. Uh, yeah. And with the heart, uh, the, the Tear. teardrop tattoo on his eye. They essentially everyone is backed into a corner by the alien and he comes on the other side of the alien and takes this moment of realizing what has to be done. And he throws something at the alien. He yells at it and the alien chases him and he runs into that nuclear reactor room or whatever. And someone else slams the door. So he sacrificed himself and, you know, died for that. And now the alien is contained. Oh, and so that they, was yeah, not yeah, yeah. that they was a huge it's a huge plot point that was not in the theatrical crazy right? then the guy there's a guy later a prisoner who gets splattered with blood when two other guys get murdered and he's crazy and no one likes him he's blamed for their murders and they lock him up he ends up getting loose knocking a couple guys unconscious and killing somebody and lets the alien out for some crazy reason that's not mentioned or done at all in the theatrical cut and i'm not saying it's necessarily good or interesting but it's more interesting than not it's i feel like alien 3 the theatrical cut there's just not much there's not much happening this is like okay now the aliens loose again and they have to come up with this new plan to push that piston there so i guess it's not necessary but it is a very different change that like now you have this other subplot where this guy's crazy and he's kind of like worshiping the dragon he calls the alien the dragon and he yeah. wants it to like eat everybody it's interesting I, I hate movies, though, when it's like, hey, we've succeeded, but because of the plot and we still have 30 minutes left in this movie, <laughs> how do we go back? Crazy guy shows up. <laughs> like, like, man, that just it's like one of those things, like if he's going to let it out, like and you get some like like some goofy music under it, like it's just like, what is this idiot doing? I, I hate that. <laughs> Um, what one thing that I do really like about this is there's there's this litmus test when she, when Ripley knows that she has the alien inside of her and the only like authority left there who is not a prisoner is like no they're gonna kill it they'll show up and help us kill this and she's like no um you tell them you find out see see what they want us to do with it mm -hmm. and and in the theatrical version they're trying to reach out to the company and they immediately are like we're gonna be there they said we're gonna be there in ten days. Then they get the scan from the ship that that scanned Ripley's body and found the Queen Alien. Like we saw the scan data. We'll be there in two hours. It's like you fuckers could have been there that fast. Right. Already. Like way to go. Um. And he's like, what? And they're like, do not let anything happen to her and don't fight the alien. And that's when he knows that she's right, that they are like nefarious. And, you know, it's the first time we see the, the Weyland Yutani like soldiers, which are cool little little like i don't know like like baseball catcher mitt guys um, <laughs> it looks like betamax from that uh pixar movie yeah yeah, yeah kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah all, all puffy but but they have yeah. like a, a grill on their face and goggles yeah um, and they There's show cool up design. they show up and they're like uh they show up with with the real bishop who's like i'm not an android but he is and he's like no 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 i'm your friend and she's like no nah, i don't believe you and and she goes and you know jumps into the lava wait you think style. you think that's a uh, an android well he gets bashed in the head with a wrench and his ears hanging off his head. And there's like human blood, but like he doesn't seem worried about that at all. Because he's there for a mission. He yeah, needs that he, alien. He doesn't even go ouch. His ears hanging off his head. He, no, he does. He does. He makes a maybe I, maybe I'm thinking of one version versus another version. But he definitely like he yells. I think he yells a curse. I mean, I don't know. It but doesn't, it doesn't seem 
Like if your ears hanging off your head, aren't you going to try and hold hold it like hold? It, when I have a big wound, I hold it tightly. You know, trying compression. <laughs> He's just like let it dangle. Blah, 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 blah. Maybe he knows that Asian guy with the Captain EO sunglasses will staple him, him back up. No problem. Yeah. So. Again, I I can't even tell you if he's supposed to be human or not, or if he's like a better version of an android who has red blood. But like they even say goodbye, android or whatever. Like she says something calling him an android after that happens too, mm. which is like. Hmm. But again, it it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter if he's human or not because right, right. it doesn't matter. And like she goes up off the the lead dispensing you know platform and jumps into the lava and. In the theatrical version, she's jumping out. The chest burst pops out. She doesn't even react. So maybe she's an android. I don't know. She grabs it. She grabs it to make yeah. sure it comes in with her. But like into the fire. In. And Kate's like, you don't think you would like yell if something burst through your sternum? I was like, yeah, I mean, she's at this point, she's in like martyrdom ecstasy. She's just like, <laughs> she's just so stoked to be done with this day. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, I, I've had days. Where it's like the second my head hits the pillow, you're just like, oh my god, it feels so good. <laughs> uh, something could burst through my my rib cage, and I couldn't be bothered. I'd be like, good night. <laughs> I couldn't good, be bothered. Good night, Rufio. Good night, Kate. Good night, face hugger. Mm, <laughs> chest burster. Well, in the in the assembly cut, we do not see the alien burst out. She no, just she jumps just in, in and goes right into the fire. Yeah. So that to me definitely sounds like a producer move of no, no. We need to see the we need to see it bursting out. I think that's theatrical and cool. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I don't think it's any better with or without. I don't know. It's it, it's very um, it's on the nose, which, again, I like for, a you know, a movie that is doing that. I think, obviously, in the world where the movie you just came after was Aliens, it works great. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, uh, it's it's weird, though. Yeah, she 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 ends herself and then they kind of walk away and like they say they shut the place down and that's kind of it. Man, it's such a such a bummer of an ending. Like, yeah, there's no victory in that. And you're just like, ugh. Um, here's a fun fact. In the beginning of the movie, when we see them picking up the crashed EEV, which is like the little escape craft that crashes on the Fury planet, there's a big crane that's lifting it out of the water onto dry land. And it's a miniature. Um, and it was built using the cannibalized parts of a Star Wars X-ring, X-Wing fighter model kit. Uh, the horizontal part of the crane actually consists of the fuselage of an X-Wing. And the two people standing on the miniature are just cardboard cutouts dressed with pieces of cloth that blow in the wind. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a theatrical. I mean, that's a, a assembly cut piece. That's neat. That's cool. Um, what would be what's your what's your takeaway from this as far as a visual or a scene? Like, is there like what's the best part of this movie? If you were going to show somebody without giving context or anything, just be like, look, here's the coolest part of Alien 3. What part would you show? It's the part where she's in the infirmary. And her doctor doctor friend gets killed. The mm -hmm. crazy guy's screaming about a dragon. And yep. it comes right up to her, puts his head next to hers. The jaws come out. I mean, it's the closest we've ever seen an alien for a prolonged period of time. And it just shows yeah. you how fucking cool that creature is. It's a really great scene and a really awesome moment. She's like pressed against the wall. And like, it's just a really famous image. And I, mm. I think that's probably the coolest scene in the whole movie. Um, the assembly, we see it more too. We see it like before the killing. We see there's an uh, the crazy guy looks at something silver and in the reflection, you could see the alien drop down. It's very muted. You can't really make out what it is. But because you're watching an alien movie, you know what it is. Then you see it like through essentially like a water cooler type of thing. You see a couple different things where it's either distorted or reflected. And then you see it grabs the guy and uh, fa uh, face uh, tongue punches his face 
through that curtain. Then he cool. does the thing to Good Ripley. Shot. And I think actually my favorite shot of the movie for the timing and the and the setup of the shot is after the alien backs off of her, it cuts to a wide. Well, we see him. We see the, the doctor's body get pulled out of frame yeah. and it cuts to a wide low shot looking up at Ripley and we see the ceiling as well and we see the bloody body of the doctor get pulled up and we know that the alien has run away with it i think it's just timed well and that like one shot of that body going up is like the most effective for me there's a really good moment in the film i mean i've seen a lot of bodies be chewed up by a lot of fans <laughs> in movies um if there's a giant yeah. spinning fan and you don't throw a body into it i'm disappointed um and this movie has a really good uh body being tossed into a giant spinning fan moment yeah uh, guys like cleaning this like tube and the alien scares him and he 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 gets he gets chomped in the face and then rolls down this this pipe and goes into the fan and he just explodes everywhere it's pretty good it's a really good body explosion yeah. like that same with the uh in the 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 hallway running scene the last guy to get killed he's very close to making it out and he essentially runs into the doorway and as he reaches the doorway the alien pulls him back and you see him get jerked off of his feet and his feet fly up and blood spray uh, and yeah, blood and chunks spray. Yeah, it was. I mean, I don't know what the fuck the alien did to make that happen, but it was an effective shot. It was an effective scene. Um, There's certainly a handful of decent practical effect shots in it. Like you mm -hmm. see people's faces get caved in by the by the the creatures um, second jaws. And I think that's cool. I like that stuff. Um, they did a great job with those elements. But overall, like it really is just a downer of a movie. But again, I, I don't I don't think I hate it nearly as much as like I hate Prometheus or Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's no contest there, but But it did make me want to watch Resurrection because that one to me has a better like ending. Like to me, Resurrection is a better part of the trilogy. So I just watched Resurrection uh two days ago. Really? And I before this last couple days, I would have said that my ranking would be Alien Three higher than resurrection that i like three more than than four i don't know if that's true i think there's i think if you're like which is a better movie experience four because there's a beginning a middle and end and different things happen and i understand what everybody's doing and like there's a lot in it that i don't like but it makes sense and i can follow what's happening and even though i wish that thing wasn't like that per se it's great and it looks good and it's fun and it's it's a little bit more of a, it feels family friendly to me it feels a little bit more tongue-in-cheek and silly but i think it gets unfairly shat on sometimes and i think that's one of the reasons why um but i guess alien 3 just is like it doesn't work as a cohesive whole so i'm having trouble saying that i like that better than resurrection right now it's almost too contained too even though all of them take place in very remote single location movies the prison just even though it's a, a again a massive set it just i don't know it feels so small Compared I to think part of that is because it and, and in the first two movies, all the sets look the same and it's supposed to and it's part of it. This one looks so similar and it's not just the hallway. There's so many things where it's just like the walls all look the same. It's all the same color and they're very boring. Like the first one or the first two movies, there's all space shit on all the walls. It's this one is just fucking walls, you know? Yeah. And and it's incredible architecture. And this is just the basement of a, a more impressive architecturally um, <laughs> interesting space. And it's like, you never get any wide shots. You never see, you built the largest indoor set to that point on the Pinewood stages and you don't get to see that scope. Like that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
that really sucks. Um, it's super weird. And I, 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 you know, I, again, I think I come back to the fact that I think alien resurrection, I, I always liked it from day one. I thought it was a cool movie. Um, I liked it. I, I think it doesn't stylistically like this one, at least, even though we were just saying how it doesn't fit, this still feels like it's in the world of mm-hmm. alien aliens. Resurrection feels slicker than any of those movies. And, the space station feels like it fits more in the vibe of Event Horizon than it does in Alien. Sure. I would and, say Starship Troopers, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it, it comes down to like there's the 70s style of space station, 80s style of space station that kind of are the same yeah. vibe, that era. And then like in the 2000s, the Matrix happens and everybody does that. Like, look sure. The Matrix. And everything looks like the Matrix now and has that, like, even when they're in the uh, the real world with uh, the Nebuchadnezzar and all that, like, that's what that world looks like. And I feel like that was the space that Alien Resurrection took place in. It, the, the space station didn't feel like a 70s or 80s space station, which I guess it's way in the future, so it can, but I don't know. I like I like a cohesive look. I get that, but I could also allow that that's like 200 years after alien three or at least after aliens true so true, like I, true. I, I like and you're right but like it i don't i i guess it's not that it's so far removed like phantom menace was so far removed from a new hope that it did not feel like the same it, universe it galaxy more, anything oh well, yeah don't even get me started on that i hate but that. like it's just it was so jarring how different yeah. it was I don't see that in resurrection. I see everything. It is more slick. That's a good word for it. It almost feels like it's um uh, straight to DVD produced. Like the sets and everything, they feel. I don't want to say cheaper, but they don't feel as detailed. They don't feel as crafted as the earlier film. Interesting. Uh, I'd have to watch it again. But the thing is, Alien Three doesn't have that many good sequences. Whereas Alien Resurrection, I could name you. Four sure. or five very interesting sequences where you're like, mm-hmm. that's cool. And like I said, one is I think a very important sequence in when they find all the the misshapen clones, the failed clones. That's been used over and over again. That actually has a huge influence on sci-fi. Um, the scene with the aliens in the water. That's just straight cool. Like we've never seen that before. Again, I don't know why you had to make the aliens look different, but a lot of people were super turned off by the alien hybrid. Um, because it's alien us, he was just hanging out into the air, and everybody was like, "Oh, oh wait, weird." But like, look, I'm actually not opposed to alien hybrid. And the scene where it's like, "Mama," it's like that's horrifying. That's some Cronenberg ass <laughs> shit right there. You guys never saw Eraserhead? Like th- that is the aliens Eraserhead moment. I don't know if I needed that, but at the end of the day, like you did something different, you stuck with it, and like that's fucking crazy. I love it. Come on. And at least works like it works in that movie that you were making. You might not like it or that's not, not might not be the direction you wanted to go. But A led to B led to C led to D and the movie was completed and it made sense. Whereas Alien 3 does really feel like a bunch of pieces put in a box and kind of shaken up a bit and just kind of like assembled in the right order or what you thought was the right order. But when you look more carefully, you're like, well, this missing a piece here. This should be over here and that should be different. Oh, yeah, it's super weird. But like I, I think I also think Alien Resurrection got back to the body horror that the first one really touched on. Sure, I, yeah, I could see that. Like I don't think the Alien franchise ever leaned into the body horror as much as the fourth one did. But like H.R. Geiger is what Cronenberg is to body horror cinema. H.R. Geiger is just to body horror art in general. Like he is mm. 
the godfather of body horror in my mind as far as like what that art style looks like he designed the aliens and a bunch of really wild um psychosexual shit in his art over but um i think the fourth one like is pretty cronenberg in that sense where it's like fucking alien human hybrids and melted clones and who am i i, I, I like that that's cool yeah that's true so and ron perlman's in it ron perlman's in it come on never a bad time when ron perlman's on screen no that's true i mean he alone like if you put him into alien three would have been a better movie hands down I, he didn't he, <laughs> like he, he wouldn't even really have to do much just ron perlman running through those hallways oh the aliens chasing me like ron perlman's cool <laughs> uh what do you say Rumi? you want to wrap this up Any yeah also thoughts? yeah just the characters in alien 3 also didn't some of them spoke very over the top and flamboyant at certain times but not like they were running through the, the the hallway scene like during the alien murdering people and they crash into each other and they're like laughing about how they crashed into each other and i get it i've seen we've seen that a thousand times but they're acting cartoony about it. And that happens a lot of times. There's a lot of characters that act cartoony. Like even the rape guy puts his rape goggles on and goes ah, with his arms up in the air right before raping. And you're like, is, I mean, I've never done it, but is that how you do it? <laughs> Eat your goggles? Ah, well, like not just the goggles, but like it was almost like a He-Man pose with his arms up in the air. Ah. So weird. So weird. Like, it's a it's a scary moment and shouldn't be joked about, but at the same time, like it it it, it is cartoonishly like goofy where you're like, Really, dude? Like <laughs> the God. way and the way they talk with each other sometimes. And the Charles S. Dutton character, you can get away with it because he's supposed to be a religious zealot. He's supposed well, to be all the, the shepherd of but he's supposed to be the leader of that, right? Yeah. So you can understand if he is always getting on a soapbox and he's always taking things louder and saying motherfucker and fuck a lot. But like, okay. But they but you can have everyone acting weird. It's true. Sometimes they are almost talking like some droogs from Clockwork Orange. And then, yes, and that's, then a great, like, that's a great uh, example. That's a great comparison. And then they're kind of like, wait, what's my line? Are we just going to like, OK, we'll wing it. All right. Just we'll go. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then they just kind of make it up the rest of the time. It is weird. You're very you're very right. It's a very inconsistent film. But I blame that on the producers. I blame that on 10 scripts that none of them seem to work very well. Um, several of them have been made into comic books, audio plays. There there right. actually are versions of Alien 3 that are kind of like alternate canon that people are like, so much better. I don't know if that's true. I read the comic book for one of the Alien 3 um, rehashes. I don't know if I'd say it's the best option for an Alien 3, but probably a better version than this. So, I don't know. It's weird. Right. Weird movie. Guys, what do you think about Alien 3? You love it? Are there any Alien 3 defenders to the grave? Alien 3 is my favorite. It has the most complex story arc and takes us to the darkest place, just like my soul. Is that what you're like? Do you like Alien 3? Let us know. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Just get, check us out on YouTube. And again, thanks to everybody that we met at San Diego Comic-Con who said hi, came to our panels, packed that room. Hell yeah. Congratulations to the winners of the trivia contest. I hope I hope the guy who won the ghost face mask is listening right now while wearing the mask. That would be really funny and cool. <laughs> okay, I'm on board with that. <laughs> he's just sitting there like Alien Three does suck, and he's got the ghost face mask <laughs> signed and everything. Um, I hope the guy who won the ghost face knife is like making dinner with it right now, like chop 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 chop. I also agree. <laughs> Alien Three is not good. Chop 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 chop. Chopping with an autograph, authenticated memorabilia. Plastic Halloween night. <laughs> well, yeah, but I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't going to ruin it. That guy right now, choppity chop, chop, chop. It's like, 
Oh, it is plastic. He's like, no wonder I can't cut these carrots. <laughs> <laughs> you also knocked his prize down a peg or two, Rumi. Surprise, celery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was fun. Uh, anyway, like we said, social medias and all that stuff. Rumi, one last thing to do. Blast this thing off. You want to blast it off with our tongue mouths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <you> ready? <laughs> all right, let's do it. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> or the Rocketeers, <laughs> and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running.